Has delivering your insulin incorrectly been leading into mysterious blood sugar fluctuations after meals for you? If so, this episode is going to change the game for you. Today we're talking about pre-bolus, post-bolus, split bolus, and a whole bunch of others. They're going to help you to identify why your blood sugars are not doing what you want them to, as well as how to fix that. If you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. I am a type 1 diabetic, certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist. And today we're breaking down insulin, your food, and your blood sugars. So let's get into the theme song and we'll jump into it. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. All right, crew, before we hop into our episode, because we are talking about insulin and dosing and strategies surrounding that, I got to have you understand a quick medical disclaimer. Nothing said in this episode is medical advice. Please talk to your doctors, your medical professionals before you make any changes to your medical routines or strategies or dosing decisions. You're free to make your own decisions in all these respects. Uh, just don't do anything stupid. It's basically what I'm trying to say. All right, these are all my opinions, my thoughts, and how I would take care of myself. With that being said, Hope you're medically disclaimed, and I truly hope you enjoy this episode today. Let's get into it. All right, today's episode is going to be a special one for you because I actually brought in one of my uh, replays from a coaching call that I did with my type 1 diabetes high-level clients. Now, in this coaching call, one of my clients actually asked a question that spurred this entire conversation, and I let them know, like, hey, this is actually a really good topic. I think I'm going to make a podcast episode out of this. <laughs> is that okay with you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So at the end of this episode, I am going to share the actual clip of my coaching to that client on this topic. But before we get into that, I want to add some preface and, and give you a chat about what the, the nuances are that uh, are going to be helpful for understanding this whole situation. So if you're like me, you maybe live with type 1 diabetes or maybe you're insulin dependent with type 2, maybe it's type 1.5, Modi, there's so many different types of diabetes these days. But if you're taking insulin for your meals, this is going to be helpful. So uh, in, in taking your insulin, you've probably heard of the term the pre-bolus, correct? And if you haven't, go right now, pause this video, go type in Prebolus FTF Warrior on YouTube. You'll find like 15 videos that we've made on that topic alone. It's very important you understand that one. But if you have heard of the Prebolus before, then we can dive into the next level of this, which is alternative methods of insulin delivery and how to adjust your timelines, your strategies to match up with different types of foods. Now, the issue here is not that the pre-bolus doesn't work, it's that it needs to be adjusted, it needs to be adapted to different situations. So I'm going to give you a, a brief breakdown through a story. All right, so as every diabetic knows, there's a few key food items that are difficult to bolus for, difficult to say the least. Uh, prime example that I'm going to use today is pizza. Hands up or comment pizza if you've ever tried to have pizza before and your blood sugars did not cooperate. <laughs> I want to see some pizza in the comments. But if you've ever attempted this, you know that it can go a few different directions. For some of us, pizza skyrockets our blood sugars. For others, we go low and have to treat and then skyrocket, right? It's like, how do I always end up high? But the issue isn't that pizza is impossible to eat, impossible to bolus for with our insulin, but rather it requires a different strategy than we're used to. 
And so in this topic today of pre-bolus versus post-bolus, uh, and you know what? I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to open Pandora's box and, and I don't want to overwhelm you. So we're not going to dive into each of these topics. We don't even have time to cover these today. Uh, in fact, I've got a resource for you at the end of this episode that if you stick around for, you might get early access to, but have patience. If I, if I were to open Pandora's box, I'd let you know that it's not just the pre-bolus. It's not even just the post-bolus and the pre-bolus. There's also the split bolus. There's the dual wave bolus. There's the extended bolus. There's the square wave bolus. There's the super bolus, which sounds like it's made up. Uh, it's not, but it, it sounds kind of ridiculous, right? But there's so many different ways, different methods, different strategies for us to dose insulin now with our new knowledge base and understanding of how blood sugars respond to different types of foods. So you think about pizza, it's gonna be a little bit of a different strategy when compared to a bowl of salad, right? When compared to a giant fruit smoothie, when compared to your favorite frappuccino at Starbucks, right? There's different strategies that are required. And you're likely aware of this when you think of, okay, if I wanna drink a, a glass of orange juice versus if I wanna have a chicken Caesar salad, those are going to be different strategies, right? Because the juice is going to cause a massive blood sugar spike. The chicken Caesar salad, likely not hardly any spike at all, right? If anything, a delayed rise if you forgot to dose for it. So in considering the different strategies for the pre-bolus, now we want to open it up even wider. Think about that pizza example. So in pizza, and I can't go into all of the different strategies because nowadays there's 500 different types of pizza. You've got deep dish, thin crust, stuffed crust, thick crust. Now you've got the low carb, the cauliflower crust, the chicken crust, like so many different things. So I can't give you a, a cure-all, a magic strategy for pizza on this episode. I'd have to work with you directly if we were to come up with a, a specific strategy. However, in general, a lot of my clients that come into our coaching programs have discovered that pizza usually leads to an initial drop. They go low right up front. And then later on, hours later, they see it comes up, it spikes through the roof, and they have stubborn high blood sugars for three to five hours beyond that. And it's frustrating, right? Because you feel like you were able to conquer it initially. Blood sugars might even be stable for the first hour. Then they go low, you have to treat. And then they go high, and it feels like this roller coaster of blood sugars. It feels like it's impossible to, to keep these things controlled when you have a night out with friends or family or just want to have some flexibility in your diet, right? And it's not your fault. Uh, likely, it's due to one of the boluses not being utilized in the right situation. Now, what I mean by that is if we look at pizza, right, and we look at the low that a lot of people have up front, it's because the insulin hit before the food, right? And for a number of different reasons, nutritionally, we can get into that. But the idea is insulin hit before the food, so we go low, okay? Now, how do we solve that? We can change the timing of the insulin, we can change the dosing of the insulin, we can change the timing and dose, or timing and digestion of the food, we can change a few situations surrounding the environment of that meal, right? But ultimately, if we were to simplify it and look at insulin and food, we can tweak the insulin to match the digestion of the food because it's much more difficult to alter your digestive patterns, right? So if you look at what can we change within the insulin dose, that is where this conversation comes up of, do I pre-bolus, do I simply not pre-bolus, or do I post-bolus, right? And in this example, I'm only giving you a few options like we talked about before. There's also the split bolus, there's the super bolus, the extended bolus, there's temporary basils you can play with if you're gonna pump, a lot of different pieces to go into this. But for this conversation specifically, we can look at pre, 
neutral and post just to keep it simple right and this is all going to boil down to the patterns that you see with your blood sugars did i go low up front yes okay maybe i should look at the insulin being too much or too spread out maybe the bolus was too far before the meal started maybe the pizza was late you know and i pre-bolused 35 minutes ago and now i'm eating i'm probably going to go low right for me personally at least so looking at the timing of the insulin how can we adjust that is going to help us to discover new routes new paths new methods for enjoying more flexibility with our food choices so in the example of pizza is there a perfect answer no because there's a lot of different types of pizzas out there and what we're truly looking at if you want to get technical with me for a second is the macronutrients so if we look at macronutrients again entirely different topic that's going to help us unlock the key to deciding which bolus strategy to use so there's multiple layers to this multiple levers but i want you to understand that it's not just take take your insulin 15 minutes before your meal every meal no matter what that's not the key that's what we were taught initially with the pre-bolus oh yeah 10 to 15 minutes beforehand you take your insulin and you'll be good it's not the answer for everything I'll give you an example to just debunk that piece of information right now. What happens if you are dropping fast at 60, but you're also about to eat dinner? Do you take your insulin 10 to 15 minutes before you take your first bite? If you're already at 60 dropping fast? No, absolutely not, right? Because in that specific situation, you're going to go continuing down that path of being more low and head into an urgent low, and you're probably going to end up in the hospital or having to call an EMT or something, right? So in different situations, we have to adjust our plans accordingly. Alternatively, if I was at 400, my blood sugars, the pre-bolus of 10 to 15 minutes, probably not going to be enough, right? I'd have to adjust that. So if we zoom out even further and look at the pre-bolus as just one of the items in our tool belt, we can see that the post bolus might be beneficial in some circumstances. Now, with the pizza example, I'm going to be honest with you, post bolus doesn't always work with pizza either because there's different scenarios that require different strategies. You're starting to get the idea behind this, right? So when would the post bolus be useful? And that's what this coaching, uh, this coaching call that we dove into was more specifically about is what are situations where I, I should take my insulin after the fact. Okay. Now, one example is if I'm already going low, I'm not going to take my insulin before I eat my food. I want to make sure I don't go further into a low, right? Especially if it's headed towards an urgent low, I'm going to eat first, right? <laughs> and I kind of touch on that in this coaching call recording that you're about to see, uh, but also looking at proteins and fats. Yes, they impact blood sugars. Now we know that. Well, I should say now we know that we teach that in our program. Unfortunately, most medical professionals do not teach that yet. It is not common knowledge, but it's something we've been teaching our clients for years at this point. The tactics that we teach our clients, in fact, are the only place that you can find those tactics is inside of our coaching programs. Nobody else talks about this stuff. There's a reason for that. A lot of people don't innovate continuously, whereas we look at what else is new, how can we improve? It's a whole topic by itself, but we operate under a system called Kanai, constant and never-ending improvement. Our programs follow suit. Anyways, looking at these strategies, where can we implement the post bolus as a strategy? If fats and proteins impact blood sugars and I'm only having fats and proteins, you probably don't want to have a pre-bolus that's going to extend out and make you go low before the blood sugars even get impacted by the proteins and fats. So if we expect a significantly delayed 
rise in blood sugars, there might be a value in assessing when to give the bolus. Now, none of this is medical advice. Obviously, I'm not in a coaching relationship with you, so I can't fine tune and tailor this to your specific needs. So instead, take all of this with a grain of salt. I want you to understand at a high level how these strategies might impact your decisions and take them into you know, your own thought processes and how you identify which of these strategies to use in your unique situations day by day because your strategies should change day by day as diabetes does as well. So uh, I'm going to let's just jump into our replay of that coaching call. You can see the actual question being presented, my response to that question, and then my client's response to my answer to his question. And then we'll jump back in with a recap on this episode. All right, so let's jump into it. And I'll catch you guys on the other side. Hope you enjoy. And this is something that I've been battling with, which is pre and post bolus. So mm. it's sort of like, should I wait an hour, wait two hours? Or should I simply wait until the it starts? My blood sugar starts to go back up, and I discovered what works best for me now is once it starts to go back up, is to nip it in the bud and and do the post bolus that way. Yes. that's what I found to be helpful. I love that discussion as well. Where uh, if I'm in range and the snack has no carbs, I do the same thing. Right, where if I'm at 90, I'll wait until it starts to creep up 110, 115. Okay, insulin, right? But if I give it at 90, there's a good chance I'm going to go to 70 and then come back up. And I don't want to deal with that. So, uh, yeah, if it's got carbs, though, that's where I start like actually building a strategy. Like, okay, at what point do I have to dose before I see that? But with the eggs, with chicken, and any kind of proteins or fats, yeah, same thing. I, I wait to dose if it's isolated. Yeah. Great thought, especially because sometimes it doesn't go up, right? And for me, those are days where I'm more active, where if I had a really good workout that day, then I can eat chicken and nothing happens. You know, it's my body pulling that in as a, a nutrient. So it, it ends up working out. But yeah, very helpful to wait for that rise if it's not going to be massive. That was my biggest um, um, dilemma, so to speak, in terms of understanding and appreciating the protein fat thing in addition to the cards when you're eating. So uh, once I got that and it, with you talking about it and then going back and reviewing the video, man, that was like Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super great. I think people are going to be uh, enlightened because, you know, hearing post bolus doesn't make sense. Cause like Ali was saying, the initial strategy was eat first dose after, and then you go high. But in some cases, right? Cause everything with diabetes is an, it depends kind of answer, but the post bolus can make sense in some cases, uh, or if you're active, right? That's one where I've used it. Yeah. Um, today, I'm going to be watching my daughter by myself, right? And I don't want to go low while I'm watching her. So if I'm going to eat something that is uh, extra proteins and fats and all that, I'm not going to pre-bolus and try to hover at 80, right? I'm chasing her around the house the whole day. She's walking now. <laughs> and so <laughs> as a result, I might wait until halfway through my meal to dose or even afterwards. So definitely good to, to switch up the strategies. Love that. No, seriously, the best thing about your program is that we're doing battle because I've been so tentative beforehand because your doctors, you know, they tell you the wrong thing. You just, they just, well, don't do this, don't do that. But I like the ability you can deal with it. There is a solution to what you're dealing with, with this disease. And that has been so helpful for me. 
And um, your approach is, for me, really successful. I mean, my, my, um, since I've been diabetic over seven years, and I have not been able to get my um, A1C below seven until this year. So um, this has been like a big light bulb going off. And, and the great thing is that I see where my A1C was three months ago, and then I checked a month ago, and just it just continues to improve. So this is a journey, and we're willing. I'm winning all the battles that I have to go through. And I have to say, this protocol, this program, and you, you're at the lead, is you, you're unique. I, don't, I haven't heard anybody confront this disease the way you're talking about it. Your approach is incredible. Wow. Thank well, you. It's just made my day. <laughs> All right. I hope that was a helpful replay for you. That was a small chunk of one of the coaching calls that I have with my clients. Uh, really a fantastic discussion. I told him during that conversation that I was going to have to turn into a podcast episode because I realized nobody talks about this kind of stuff outside of our coaching programs. The discussions that we have are so in-depth, so advanced that oftentimes you won't hear them spoken about ever outside of those places. Uh, all that to say, we do have, of course, beginner and intermediate assistance as well. But a lot of what we focus on is getting people to 80, 90, 100% time and range. And oftentimes, these are the types of conversations that have to happen to get you to 80, 90, or 100% time and range consistently, right? And that's the goal is how do I build my lifestyle alongside my diabetes management and not cram my lifestyle into a small box that fits into my diabetes management, right? Instead of saying, oh, I can't have X, Y, Z, it's, oh no, I just need to adjust my strategy so that I can have pizza, pasta, ice cream, dessert, whatever it is, right? Those are the conversations you have to have with yourself or with your coach. If you're in one of our programs, obviously you can reach out to your coaches uh, or even myself where we can discuss those strategies to give you more flexibility to live life on your terms, right? So pre-bolus versus post-bolus, when should you use it? That's up to you to decide, but I want you to understand there are no specific concrete rules that uh, apply across the board to every single individual for every day of their lives with diabetes your day is gonna change. Your strategies, your insulin sensitivity is going to change. And as such, you have to be able to pivot, to adapt, and to implement these new strategies that enable you to have more flexibility in life. And I told you at the beginning of this episode, I did have a surprise opportunity for you. If you stuck around to the end, we've actually got a new program, a new resource that we're launching and this, uh, this new resource is something we've been working on for quite some time, really pumped about it. And the reason I'm so pumped about it is that over the years, coaching thousands of type 1 diabetics, we've noticed patterns, we've noticed trends, we've noticed what levers we can flip up and down to make some quick wins happen. And we're going to implement that with this new resource. And what I'm talking about is that a lot of people think that getting to 70% time and range, 80% time and range is as good as it gets. Right, your doctors are telling you, oh, you're at, and believe it or not, I've heard this, oh, you're at 65%. That's really good. That's not good. I'm going to tell you, because I, I care for you, I'm telling you this, because I care, that's not good. Okay, you think about a report card, 65%, that's not a passing grade, is it? Right, 70%, 80%, now we're getting to a passing grade, it's starting to look good on your report card, right? But 90%, that's not even talked about in doctor's offices, which is exactly why we wanted to bring that into a guarantee. 
That's right. You heard me correct. We are finding new ways to implement new strategies to have quick wins that lead into 90% time and range or greater so consistently with our clients that we're going to guarantee it. What? That's <laughs> crazy talk, right? It's not. And that's what's the most fun about this is that we've seen the numbers do not lie. Statistically speaking, if I can get someone to 90% time and range, these are the things that work across the board. We've been able to consistently pull apart what got people to 90% or further. And as such, now we are putting these pieces together for you in order to say, hey, we guarantee that you'll be able to get to 90% time and range or greater. Okay if you implement these steps now that's the issue right is that you have to actually implement so if you're somebody who doesn't care about taking care of your blood sugars it's not going to work it will never work because if you don't take care of them who will right but if you're somebody and i think that you are the kind of person that wants to implement because you're here learning about blood sugars right on the internet so if you are someone who's looking to get to their first or next 90 percent time and range you got to go check out this resource it is unmatched unparalleled and nobody else is talking about this anywhere outside of this course now you got to go to fix my blood sugars dot com with an s on the end fixmybloodsugars.com there's going to be a registration there now we do have to cap this because we are going to be holding people by the hand as they go through it to make sure that they are getting to that 90 percent but if you're able to grab one of the spots do it as fast as you can because we're going to be closing this up and doing cohorts all right which means groups of people are going to go through together hit their 90 percent give them the strategies necessary like today's topic pre-bolus versus post-bolus, that kind of thinking, that's what we're teaching inside of that, right? But that resource, like I said, it's a limited time thing. We can't take on a thousand people all at once. We're gonna have to split it up. So if you can get into this first group, great. More power to you as you implement and get to your first or next 90% time and range. If you can't get into this cohort, into this group, just keep an eye out for the next one. You can sign up for the wait list, all right? But First come, first serve. It's the fairest way that we can do this. I know it's it's stressful, but we got to reward the people who are here first to watch the episodes every single week as soon as they come out. So if you're one of our first listeners, you got to get over there, grab your spot, and of course hit your first 90% time and range. Uh, and if you haven't hit it yet, or if you have hit it yet hit your next 90% time and range with more consistent strategies, right? So that's what we're going to be showing you how to do. Get to 90% on your time in range. Uh, it's going to be mind blowing. Yes, it's going to take some work. But of course, on the other side of that, being able to hit 90% and uh, wear that with a badge of honor is unparalleled. So uh, again, first come, first serve. I can't guarantee that there's going to be spots left when you get there, which is why I'm talking fast. I'm trying to give you an opportunity to get over there. Go to fixmybloodsugars.com. And again, if it is full, which there's a good chance last time we opened up something like this, I think it filled up in the first hour. Uh, but go over there, still put your name in for the wait list, and you'll be the first to be notified the next time we have an opening. Okay, so hope this was helpful. Pre-bolus, post-bolus, think it over, see where you can implement that into your life. And if you're somebody who wants to first time hit their 90% time and range, or at least just get another 90% time and range and see more of these thought processes and how we control blood sugars, jump over to fixmybloodsugars.com. Grab that resource and uh, hope to see you guys in there. All right, so uh, great chat with you guys. Hope you have a great, fantastic rest of your day. And I'm stoked 
to help a select few of you to get your first or next 90% time in range, just like myself. All right. And you know what? For proof, let's toss it right there. There's my time in range. I hope that helps you to see what is possible. I've been over 90% time in range consistently for I think like three plus years now. And that's what we're going to be teaching you how to do as well. And for anybody listening who can't see the screen right now on YouTube, that does say 93% over the last 90 days. And that it's current. Like this screenshot was taken today, which means that this is actually happening in real life, in real time, while I am a parent, an athlete, uh, owning my own business, running around doing life, right? This is possible, but it does require a different skill set than you're probably used to, which is why you're going to have to go over and jump into that course, right? You're going to have to utilize these new resources and try new things in order to accomplish new results. These are the strategies. These are the ways you have to approach diabetes. If you expect to get to this high level, we've reverse engineered it. We understand the science behind it now, and now it's our turn to teach you how to do the same. All right. So fixmybloodsugars.com. I'll see you over there. Have a fantastic rest of your day and keep up the fight.